0: So hopefully you're ready and expecting for God to do something. I think He's already starting to do something, and there's lack of to be with you guys tonight. It really feels like coming home. So I said to Jacques, if he's nice to me, I might come back. let will see We'll see, you. We'll see you. So just kidding. Don't say that to anyone in Edwin, please. There's someone here. Oh, flop, I messed up. Where's where are the guys from Edgewood? Don't, don't repeat that ever again, please. I'll be in so much trouble. Anyways, so I want to speak about something um, that's been in my heart. I've been actually carrying this word for quite a while for myself, because I never want to be, like I never want to preach stuff that I'm not trying to kind of live out myself because then you become a hypocrite, I think. And, and, and so I've been sitting for at least six months to eight months. It'll be a very short word hopefully, but hopefully it'll do something. I don't know, who you knows. So I want to speak about having a hunger for holiness. And I think it fits in. I wasn't in the, the session last night because I was with the kids and traumatized by them <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, and so I don't really I, I kind of know what Andrew was talking about so, but hopefully this fits in with that and so Augustine is one of the church fathers um, he's a theologian who lived a long time ago he said this he's quoted and saying this to fall in love with God is the greatest of all romances so if you want to be romantic if you want to know what romance is there's the edge of me guys at the back there it's that guy. Um, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance like I can't, I can't romance Abby like God can romance me by falling in love with Him. Um, to seek Him is the greatest adventure. And I'm an adventurer. I love adventure riding, motorbikes in the wilderness, in mountains. I just love it. The worse it is, the best it is for me. But to, to find God is the greatest adventure. To seek Him, to find Him. And to find Him the greatest human achievement. And so to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. I'm getting myself confused. Let me read this thing. I just put this in now, so sorry. To seek Him the greatest adventure, to find Him the greatest human achievement. And I think holiness is the key to be be romanced by Him, to seek Him, and to find Him. Holiness is the one thing about God that everything else flows out of. And so um, let me define holiness. Holiness is this. It means to be in a class of its own distinct from everything else that has ever existed and will ever exist. And so holiness is, it's, and, and our, our superhero movies don't do like the whole good guy, bad guy thing justice, because when we think of Jesus, you think of Jesus, and you think of Satan, and you think of them in the desert, and you think they're equal. It's not like that. God is God, so say God is up here, and it's Him alone. He's on His own kind of league. He is the Creator God, the, the beginning and the end of everything. And then it's everything else just below Him. Someone got it at the back there. Well done. Whoever you were, well done. Amen. Amen. It's not God and then the devil and they're kind of fighting and it's like the devil could win or he could not win. or It's God. The one who created everything by going, let it be. Wow. The God who stopped the sun for a whole day for his people to win a battle. Okay, someone, amen. We're getting there. We're going Pentecostal tonight. Come on. The God who uses men and women, just like you and me, fallen, broken, not deserving anything to bring his glory on the earth. Wow. The God who, if he wants to, opens up. The earth and swallows 300,000 people in one go. The God who allows one angel to kill 180,000 people by himself. The God who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, <laughs> giving up His heavenly realm, His power, His glory, is to walk on this earth as a man so that we could understand this amazing God a little bit more that is like to give up like he'll never be the same again like he's got the the scars he's got he'll never be what he was because he god the father wanted to show us his love and his grace and his mercy and his power and then he died for you and for me and on the third day he rose again the only one to rise again ever buddha didn't come back muhammad didn't come back all those oaks, they're still dead, very dead. <laughs> he is on his own. There is no one that compares. His name is above every name. Sorry, I came out maybe too heavy. I should have given you like a, you know what I mean? Like a, like I've seen demons in this hall at the top there, a guy turning into a werewolf, like physically turning into a werewolf, come free. He's still in Josh Jen somewhere. I don't know where he is, but he's here. It happened here in the training room. I've seen people get healed. I've seen God's name just come and just change hearts from the hardest of hearts to the softest, like in a moment. Hey, okay, we're starting to heat up here a little bit. He's not like any other God. Have you thought of this? Why is Christianity the only religion that everyone's against, except for the Jews right now, okay, but besides them? It's like, you can be a Buddha, you can be a Buddhist, and it's fine. You can be Islam, and it's fine. You can be a Christian. Whoa, whoa, what's a, you know, it's like this, you know, like, oh, there's Christians. Ah, You can, you can be a, like an airy-fairy, like, what do they call it? Uh, you know, a new agey vibes, and that's fine. You can smoke your weed, and you can do your thing. But then you call yourself a Christian, and it's like, what? No, Ooh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, bigots. Closed-minded person, you guys are old school. Why? Because God is different, and His kingdom is different, and His principles are different. And so, I want to um, just—I just want um, to—that went way too long. Because if I'm going to end in 20 minutes, this is not going well. Um, (laughs) Being distinct is means this it means to be recognizingly different in nature from something that looks like something similar okay so get this so there are many gods that many people worship and they all kind of look similar right like either statues or but God is not that he is distinctly different you might be going yes I'm really offended by this guy preaching in a cap you know it's not about what I look like it's not about me having tattoos it's not about that. Being different in nature is what actually is. It, it's all about. Merv was here somewhere. Where's Merv? I miss Merv. Where Merv? You know what I miss about Merv. He would go, "Hey, Brett, come to my house, and you just play the piano for me, and you just usher in the presence of God." And there's something different about him in nature. If you come into Merv's sphere, there's something of God's love that uses out of him, and that, like, ah, you know what I'm talking about it's like oh, it's so holiness is that it's, it's not about what we look like people look like people I'm a guy, I look like a guy but hopefully when God is moving in me and there's something of His holiness that's working in me yes I look like a guy yes I wear a cap yes I got tattoos yes I might look very similar to the worldly people but when you meet me hopefully there's something like yes you might be a bit strange but man there's something about you that's different hopefully it's Jesus hopefully it's Jesus amen and so holiness is that it's you look like something but you're totally not that thing you you totally something else that's a God that I serve I don't serve a wishy-washy man-made God thing I worship Yahweh the king of glory and he's holy he's holy in Acts 17 um, it should come up there hopefully Actually, it, it teaches us something about His holiness. Let's read together. It says, and, and so Paul is walking around, and he's, and he's looking, and he's seeing the objects of worship, and he's he's noticing different gods, and he, and he says this, For I have passed along and observed the objects of your worship, and I found also an altar with the inception to the unknown God, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So even when he was walking, he was going, hey, there's you've got all your gods, but I worship a God that's different in nature to every other God that you're worshiping. You even worship Him, you don't even know His name. Oh. And then He goes on to say, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, (laughs) does not live in temples or made by man, nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gave all mankind life and breath And everything, and so where I want to land with what is holiness. Holiness is this holiness is a total separation on the one hand of everything else being distinct beyond everything else, but on the other hand, God is all sufficient in whom who he is in himself. Does it make sense? So you've got he cannot be with sin, he cannot be. I mean, so in his holiness, he is righteous and just. He can love and hate at the same time because there's nothing of lack inside of him. That's a beautiful thing. you will leave you there. You there. what I mean? Like, holiness isn't what God does. Now, I wrote it down. Let me read it to you. It'll probably make more sense. God's holiness is not an aspect of who he is or what he does, God's holiness is the essence of who he is. Oh. And so totally separate, totally in everything he does, every call he makes, even if we go, "Oh God, how can that be just? How can that be loving? How can that be kind? How can that be merciful? Because of who he is, (laughs) anything he does and everything he does is absolutely awesome, even though we don't understand it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So He's holy in justice, holy in love, holy in mercy, holy in power, holy in His sovereignty, holy in wisdom, holy in patience, holy in angerness, holy in grace, holy in faithfulness, holy in compassion, and He's even holy in His own holiness. You wrap your mind around that. Some theological guy, He's like, ah. So He's set apart and all sufficient in Himself. Now the cool thing about the God that I serve and hopefully the God that you serve is he doesn't just leave it there. <laughs> he's, he's, and he, in his awesomeness, says, I want to take men and women who can never achieve that, be totally set aside, totally made, totally not sufficient in themselves <laughs> and make them into my image. That is encouraging. Thank you, Jesus, that you're building your church and not us, because we'll mess it up every time. And so I want to show you a picture um, of this in the Bible, and it's from Exodus 3, verses 4 to 11. Dude, you're doing so well at the back there. Love you, bro. Chris, I miss you, man. Um, So this is the burning bush account of Moses. I want you to kind of see what's happening here, and those two aspects of holiness come through so it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out to him out of the bush. So he's thus, so Moses, this is his 80th year around there. So remember, this is important. He was born and then put in a basket and then raised by Pharaoh for 40 years. Then he ran away after murdering somebody, was in the desert for 40 years. So this is the end of that. And then you'll take the Israelites into the next 40 years and try to lead them into the land promised to them. So he was doing his thing, everyday life. Nothing happening, looking after the sheep, doing his shepherding thing. And then God breaks into his ordinary day life in an amazing way. I mean, he says to him, here I I am. And then the Lord said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for this place in which you are standing is holy ground. So get this, guys. Holiness, remember, is separation and sufficiency in God. So he's doing his thing and all of a sudden he's going, there's a moment that's changing your life right now, Moses. You've got to understand, this isn't just a normal experience. This is me breaking into your ordinary and changing your life forever, forever and ever and making you like me. It is beautiful, hey? And so he goes, um, and then he said, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what's he doing? He's setting himself above everything else. He's not just going, I'm God. He's going, I'm God That was, that is, that is to come. I am the greater I am. That's what he's saying there. When he's saying that, he's going, I'm not just a normal God. Maybe the gods that you are living here in Midian, I am something else. (laughs) It's not enough to speak through a burning bush. (laughs) you got to like, got to throw it out even more greater. You know what I mean? And he's, it's beautiful. And when Moses, and and Moses hid his face and he was afraid to look at God. And then Lord said to him, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard the cry um, uh, because of their taskmasters, and I know they're suffering. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to the good and broad land, the land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Prezocites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Whew! we made it. And now behold, the crowd of the people of Israel have come to me. See, there's this whole shift. There's something shifting. Holiness is separating Something doing something new, doing something exciting, doing something powerful. I've also seen the oppression from the Egyptians that oppressed them. Come, and I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And then eleven is where we kind of get stuck. And so there's been moments in my life where God has gone, Brett, this is holy ground. There's something happening that I want to do in you. And our first response, generally, when God comes in this power. And set aside, we, we respond very similarly to Moses here. And Moses, he goes, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Egypt out of, I mean, the children of Israel out of Egypt. You can see that he has half the concept of holiness. He's going, yo, this God is set apart. He's different. He's speaking to me out of a burning bush. He is the God, the, the father of Isaac, Abraham, Jacob. But when God goes, hey, now I'm, I'm putting that on you, his first response is, I don't know if I've got sufficiency in you God and that was his downfall that's, what he, that's why he didn't go into the promised land he tried to do it on, on his own all the time so <laughs> you're know, what has this got to do with me Brett crazy guy it's got everything to do with you because God I believe didn't die for you just to live a nominal life he died and rose again that you live an amazing, holy, set-apart life, that sin doesn't have control of you, that stuff doesn't draw you in and beat you up and spit you out, but that you are set apart so that your sufficiency doesn't come from sport or the, the way you look or the food you eat or the car you drive or the house you live in or the relationships that you want or the pornography that you're trying to feel loved in. No, He's called you to be separate, different, distinct, because of who He is, and then find your whole sufficiency in Him and Him alone. Nothing on this earth can do that. Nothing else can fill the void in our souls because we're being created to be holy. Thank you. I try sometimes. I don't know what I just said. It just came out. I wouldn't be able to. It's like, think about that, guys. And and, and if you go read the next chapter, Chapter 4, God's anger actually burns against Moses because he just can't get the fact that he's, he's setting him apart, making him holy to do an amazing thing for the Lord. And he just keeps on going, I can't do it, I can't do it. And eventually Aaron comes and, guys, you go read that. I'm like, whoa, God was very angry. So it's one thing to be separated from sin and it's a whole other thing to go, I want to be separated from sin and have my sufficiency in God and God alone. Not needing anything else or anyone else. We need, like, hear what I'm saying what I'm not saying. The church, we need each other. But it's that primary, God, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough because of who you are. Because you are the Holy One. So how does holiness apply to you and me? I have seven minutes left. Let's try to do this. 1 Peter 1 verses 13 to 17 says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded and set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when it comes to living a holy life, when it comes to being different and distinct and set apart in the Lord, to be able to be sufficiently finding whatever we need through Him, there's this, this work on our part, okay? There is preparing your minds, remember? Renewing of the mind thing is very important to become like Christ. There is, for action, we need to do stuff. Being sober-minded, what is sober-mindedness? We've got to be thinking clear. We've We've got to be allowing the Word of God to help us focus on who God is and what we really believe, right? Grace is looking to the future going, "Yo, grace, the ability to choose what is right even though we should be doing what is wrong. That's what the Bible says grace is, right? Knowing that, that we can choose good over evil, choose to be set apart, choose to have our sufficiency in Him. That's grace. Whew, beautiful. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. He's going, once you were ignorant, once you didn't know the truth, once you just lived, yeah, now you know that I am God. Oh, it's beautiful. You guys still with me? You got very quiet there. Okay, cool. We're getting there. But as he who called you is holy, also be holy in all your conduct. So for the Christians here, you need to understand something about God's holiness and who he is. It isn't a suggestion, holiness. God isn't going, um, you know, I sent my son. I did all this cool stuff for you. You're gonna live for eternity with me, you can just choose to do it or not. This is actually a command: be holy as I am holy. Says there, Uh, where are we now? Oh, good. Go to the next one. Since it's written, you shall be holy. Look, not like, hey, think about it. What did it say? You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to the deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. So you need to understand this. It's a command. It's a good command. Because when I say command, everyone's like, Shh. he's commanding us to be as he is. That is awesome. <laughs> There's one amen there. We <laughs> lost you guys for a moment. Think about that. Like the God who created everything is going, Brett, I want you to be as I am. Oh. Because of who he is, not because of who I am. I'm just a normal guy with normal problems. Ask my wife. She's really nice. She's lovely. But she can tell you, like that guy, that guy, dodgy.com. You know what I'm saying? But Christ, thank you for laughing so loud. I appreciate it. Obviously shines through. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to land with this. How do we live holy lives then? How do we live set apart, separate from sin? How do we live that God is our everything? It's a very good question. I hope you guys got the answer. Do you have anyone? No, just kidding. Yeah, psych. Like, you guys are like panicking there. Yeah, I think Hebrews 12 14 gives us the answer, or one of them at least. It says here strive for peace with everybody. In other words, strive and strive for holiness without which no one can see the Lord. So how do we live holy lives? We strive for it. Oh, strive is a horrible word. That's a naughty word in church. You're not allowed to use the word striving because striving is work and it's doing something. And it's like, what about salvation? What about God's work on the cross? What about Jesus? This is what I say about that. If you're living a holy life, totally separate, given over to God, full sufficiency, it doesn't make you more saved. Salvation is salvation. (laughs) Justification is justification. Sanctification is sanctification. All these big words. You didn't think I had it in me, but I do. It doesn't take away anything that Christ did on the cross. What it does is, it is proof that salvation is real in your life. It shows the world that Christ's death and resurrection is working in us. And so that's why we should strive for it. Because you are going, God, because you did that on the cross, I'm gonna live in this way to show everybody that you are awesome. Thank you. Yes, Pentecostalism is coming to. So I'm not saying by striving is we are doing anything that Christ had to do. Christ did what He had to do. He died once for all, never to die again justified sanctified glorified all those things in him but the way we live matters to him i am quite tired actually someone gave me this word so i'm gonna go hard now just once okay just once someone told me in the worship don't hold back i am tired of a church that's half-hearted that every second guy i'm speaking to as a pastor is into pornography people are in debt People are men aren't leading their wives, they're letting their wives run the show and they just all wimps. I'm tired of us being a church that is so feeble and wishy-washy and, and we're so scared of what people are gonna say about us in the world. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care what they think of me. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. What I do care about is this, that we're a church that Christ is building that people look at us and go, man, you might be a little bit crazy and a little bit strange and a little bit afraid of you because you are, but, 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 but you are different. Amen. If I was God, I would just destroy you. But I'm not, thank the Lord. But like, just think about how He's calling us to something so much greater, guys and girls. And now is the time that the church should shine brighter than any other time. I just ran out of time, so I'm going to stop there. We need to understand this. Every sin is an act of cosmic treason and a futile attempt to dethrone God in His sovereign authority. So every time we sin, we're actually going, God, Jesus, what you did, and you calling us to be holy, and calling us to be separate, and calling us to live in a way that the world doesn't live. Actually, it's it's almost treason towards Him. Going, you're not as sovereign as you say you are. You're not as awesome as you say you are. You're not the God, and I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to live as I want to actually strive for holiness. So what that means is this: there's, there's, I'm not perfect. But I'm striving to be. I mess up daily, but I don't want to. You get the heart of striving. It's like I'm not content with just me, like. And even in preparation, Abby was keeping me like really like low to the ground. She's like, "Hey, you preaching holiness. You got to sort your life out of <laughs> you. You got to be careful. For, don't watch that movie with Wesley. My son is 16 now." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, oh!" But I'm like, "Hold on, hold on. That's exactly what the point, right? It's striving." It's wanting, it's hunger, it's... ah, I don't want to come against what God has done. I think I'm going to leave it there. So can I pray with us, just like... that something of His holiness will be renewed here tonight. And if you are entangled in these things... That don't reflect him well. Please, it's not in front of me. Like we're all there. We just—the question I'm asking is: Are you wanting that stuff? Are you allowing that stuff to continue to hold you? (laughs) So, Father, I want to thank you for this amazing congregation. Thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. Just so lucky to be back. Lord, thank you that you are holy and mighty and awesome. Thank you that you are a cut above the rest. That you cannot have anything to do with sin nor do you want to. Lord, that you are all sufficient in everything that you are. And Lord, that you call us call us to be holy as you are holy. Holy Spirit, I want to pray right now that you will just do your work, Lord, that only you can do. I can't change hearts. I can't change minds. I can't soften hearts. I can't cause conviction to happen. I can't cause salvation to come. I can't cause a hunger and a desire for more of you and your holiness and what you're calling us to do as a church. Lord, only you can do that. And we want to ask right now that you come and do what you want to do in every single heart here.